Well, we've been making our way towards Christmas and this Advent season. This is the last Sunday in Advent and tomorrow Christmas Eve. And we're in the Gospel of Luke this morning, the story of Mary and her cousin Elizabeth. So I invite you to listen for God's Word as it comes to us from the Gospel of Luke. Now, in those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us join in prayer together. Oh, gracious God, what an exciting time of year this is. We thank you for it. We thank you that the whole world turns its attention to listen once more to the story of your coming, to look once more into the stable at Bethlehem to see if there's anything for us. We come, O oh Lord. So reveal yourself to us now. For we pray in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. So a Marine sergeant was once transferred to a base where housing was at a premium. When the order arrived, the family decided that they would stay together. So they moved across the country, and when they arrived at their new location, they checked into a motel while they looked everywhere in the immediate area for some place to live, a house, an apartment, anything, something. But nothing was available. The situation began to look hopeless, But no one suggested that the wife and children should go back where they had moved from halfway across the United States. They were a family. They were going to stay together, whatever the housing problems may be. So finally, after a few weeks of fruitless searching, the mother proposed a solution. I spoke with the hotel manager today, she said, and he told me that there's one large unit that has a kitchen, and he'll rent it to us. It's small, but I think we can make it work, and I arranged to help him with some of the daily cleaning chores in exchange for a lower weekly rate on the room. This motel will be our new room, our new home. So the family talked quite a bit about the inconvenience that such living in such cramped quarters would mean, but everyone agreed with the mother's plan. If it took this to keep the family together, each would pitch in and do his or her very best to make it work. Well, pretty soon school started, and the children adapting to their new surroundings as kids do, 
They made friends. And occasionally they'd bring them over to the motel to visit after school. One young visitor, the daughter of an officer on the base, said something to her new friend about how tough it must be to have to live in a motel rather than a real house. As they sat on the steps leading up to the motel room, the youngster replied, It's okay. We have a home. We just don't have a house to put it in right now. It's long been said that home is where the heart is. And we hear all sorts of music, especially in this season, like, I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. You see, so much depends on how we frame the issues and the concerns that we face in life. Now, I know many of you are doing everything you can for your family, whatever it is that's needed, you're prepared to do it. Some of you are caring for loved ones who are facing medical issues. Others are grieving the loss of loved ones. And yet others are raising their children, grandchildren, or even great-grandchildren. Some of you are forming new families and careers. You're establishing traditions of your own. Others are launching your children into life, sending them off to college and to other parts of the country or even the world. We do whatever is needed in our families because home is something within us. It's not where we happen to live. Many of our neighbors in California who have lost their homes in recent fires have discovered that this year. Home is within us. It's really not about the stuff. See, all events swing on a hinge. Every human being is a hinge. You are and so am I. And how silently that hinge swings within us. We either swing open or we swing closed. Closed to what's happening around us, closed to the people in front of us. We either turn towards or away from those people in our lives. So much depends upon you and me What is the church, really? It's a concept. It's a construction in our mind until you and I decide to come here. These buildings, these, this is not the church. You're the church. And today, that hinge swung open as you opened yourself to the idea of attending and becoming church together. What is a home? A home is an idea. It's an ideal until you become part of it. You're the home. A home's an idea. It's not a house. And it takes someone who is a hinge to create a home, 
to plan and purchase and prepare and clean and comfort and confront and love. All events swing on a hinge, and every human being is a hinge. So what are you prepared to open yourself to today? And what are you closing yourself off to today that God might be inviting you to participate in? You see, Mary and Elizabeth in the biblical story, they turn towards their Lord like flowers turning towards the rising sun. And they swing open to what God might do in and through them. They were simply willing to believe this absurd proposition that what was happening to them, what was happening in them, was part of God's plan for the salvation of the world. Mary and Elizabeth, you and me, we're the hinges upon which God intends to transform this world, but we have to be willing to believe the impossible. That our story, our life story, is part of God's unfolding story of salvation. You see, so much depends upon us. Not because God can't create a church or a home or a community or a nation without us. Of course God can. But because God has chosen individuals like you and like me to be the hinges upon which this story swings. So what kind of a hinge are you? Will you open yourself to the miracle of Christmas, to the gift of God, the gift of Himself? You know, we're separated by a few thousand years and a lot of cultural changes since these words were written in Luke's Gospel. But I'm reminded every year at this time as I read these texts that the world into which this birth came was not some sentimental or sanitized world where stables don't smell and childbirth isn't enormously painful and messy. This birth came into this real world where people are too distracted by trying to make a living to notice or appreciate life itself. A world where we're more intrigued by either what we can do or what we can't do in life than we are with what, with what God might be up to in the world. It was a world where many were bored with the routine of it all. They'd grown intolerant of ideas that shake up the way things are and they'd grown so accustomed to seeing things the way they expected to see them that they became blind to any other reality, even one that was breaking in all around them in the Christmas story. It was a world where people swung closed. And it was in that kind of a world, this 
kind of a world that something so simple and yet so magnificent happened that it still commands the world's attention. You see, when Christ enters our world, it disturbs our plans and it upsets our schedules and it demands our response. As it did for Mary and Elizabeth. Mary, in this story, sets out with haste to the hill country. She changes her plan. She gets to her feet. She responds. God has not come to be with us so that we can remain the same. Some of us will simply ignore this maddening paradox that the Prince of Peace, who's entered the world, has actually come to disturb our lives and disrupt our petty certainties about life and our simple plans. We're going to try and control it all, we want to limit the surprises. We simply want to survive yet another Christmas. And others of us will try to domesticate Jesus. We'll take the position that Jesus is simply irrelevant to our world. It's a great story, wonderful, like to hear it, but irrelevant. After all, in a world where we live with conflicts between nations where there are protests within nations over gas taxes and border walls, where students are gunned down while dancing at country western bars, where fires rage in forests and the communities built near them, and where we spend more than we can afford on entitlements for ourselves. Really, what can Jesus do in that kind of a world? We don't like the gods of our world very much, greed and envy and pride, but we know them well enough and they're fine. Or at least they're not too bad. I've learned to live with them. And there is no better world. There's no better way to live. Jesus really can't do anything about the real problems in my real life and in this real world. Some of us will get rid of this potentially disruptive interference of God in our lives by simply emasculating Jesus so he's harmless. You see, we prefer to make him in our image rather than understand that we're made in his image. And we see him not as a disturber who seeks to revolutionize the way we live in the world, but we see him as the embodiment of our own middle-class values. We scale him down so he's good, he's respectable, he fits in well with our tame and sedentary lives so he can sit at our Christmas table and not demand anything from us. Others of us, I think, find the authentic Jesus of the Gospels a little hard to take. He's unpredictable. He's disruptive. 
So we'll just institutionalize him rather than follow him. We'll put him on a pedestal. That way we always know where he is and we can bow down before him. We'll surround him with architecture and beautiful stained glass windows. We'll weave intricate doctrines around him. We'll give him every honor and reverence we can think of except for the one the one thing he asks that we follow him that we put into practice follow his example and his teachings So like Mary and Elizabeth, you and I get to choose which story will define who we are and who we will become. How will that hinge swing this Christmas? We may limit our concerns to our own small lives, to those in our own families and those who are like us, to our own sometimes misshapen goals and desires. Or we may see the world through a different lens, beyond our control and making, where the Lord is present and is moving all of life towards salvation that we long for. We can broaden our concerns to include others. We can work for a world where everyone has food to eat, a place to lay their head where everyone can make a living. Every child gets to grow up with enough to eat and without violence. We can strive for a world that belongs to God. Not to greed, not to envy, not to pride, not to evil. And that's a world where insignificant people like you and me make impossible contributions by participating in God's redemption of the world. And it begins within We get to choose whether we'll live by faith, empowered by love, or whether we're going to swing the other way and live stingy lives filled with anxiety and fear about the future. Thank God that's not what Mary and Elizabeth chose. Blessed are those who believe there will be a fulfillment of what has been spoken by the Lord. So how might the Holy Spirit be stirring in you this morning? Is there any movement of joy within you today like there was for Elizabeth and Mary? Are you swinging open to a world beyond your making? To one created by God who's at work recreating, restoring, redeeming the world? 
Mary and Elizabeth, you and I, are invited to be part of that amazing story. God's surprising gift on Christmas of himself cannot be domesticated or emasculated or institutionalized away. God is with us. So be ready for some surprises that will remind you of his presence and will invite you to come and see this thing the Lord has made known for yourself. Christmas is God's unfinished business with us. God is with us. Emmanuel. Amen.